the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. <laughs> Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for being part of it. Um, Friday the 13th. Be wary. Don't go into the farmhouse tonight. If the lights mysteriously turn off, just stay in bed. Don't go check the circuit breaker. NASDAQ was a slight winner yesterday. S&P 500 and the Dow, slight losers yesterday. Bitcoin, 28,342, slight loser. Robinhood was a big winner yesterday. Turns out that someone wants to own them after all. Sam Bankman-Fried, the billionaire CEO of crypto exchange FTX, has taken a 7.6% stake in the company. Oh, I don't know. When I look at Robinhood's accounts, they're very small in size. They're not A-quality assets. The world's richest 500 people. Go ahead and get your small violins out, ladies and gentlemen. The world's richest 500 people lost more than $1 trillion net worth this year. The ultra-wealthy stash their assets in things like stocks. And when there's a stock market correction, there's a revaluation of billionaires. Mark Zuckerberg has lost more than $50 billion. It's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that Mark Zuckerberg has now started to throttle back his expectations for driving revenue into the metaverse and freezing hiring. And now it's well known that they've started the uh, headcount uh, pairing at Facebook. Is that all about losing less money so he can show Wall Street how shiny he is and get his $50 billion back? It's a lot of money to lose in a rounding error, right? Coinbase CEO, Brian Armstrong, his net worth has plummeted by 84% to $2.2 billion. Many, 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 many billionaires are losing their billions, right? The richest 10 people got a $1.3 billion wealthier each day during the first two years of the pandemic. The worst thing that could happen to a billionaire was a storm. Um, that is inflation that we that it's brought in. So more than five trillion was added to net worth between March 2020 and November 2021. At the same time, more than a hundred million people were pushed into extreme poverty during the pandemic. It's humbling, is it not? Some top stories of the day: the tech stock collapse has sent employees' total compensation spiraling. We're seeing companies uh, start kind of putting some numbers on it. Workers at companies like Amazon, Uber, and Block, they were lured by equity. They've watched thousands and thousands of dollars vanish. 
so those tech bros that you know, you may want to put your arm around them this weekend. Twitter lost two executives yesterday. Uh, the memo said the company would be freezing the majority of hiring and backfilling positions. This morning, Elon Musk said that the acquisition of Twitter has been temporarily put on hold. Amazon is building an advertising giant, and it's coming for Facebook. Um, Amazon's been a little bit on the leery side of jumping into bed business-wise with advertising, but it's exploded even, even though they're barely trying. Tesla's solar roof has a new competitor. I like Tesla's solar roof. I think it's very attractive compared to other solar roofs. But again, I, I'm not one who drives by a home and go, oh, look at that ugly solar roof on it. Maybe a little bit, but not much. IKEA is going to begin selling solar panels this fall, making it a direct competitor to uh, Tesla. IKEA. That doesn't sound like that's going to play out quite like the headlines make it sound out, right? Uber and Lyft's pool of rideshare drivers has shrunk. Many drivers told uh, a recent report that they've switched to delivering food while others left entirely because of the high gas prices. The SEC is investigating Elon Musk's latest disclosure of his uh, Twitter stake. He filed a form at least um, 10 days after the date he was supposed to, meaning he may have benefited from buying up cheaper shares in the meantime. Google is using augmented reality to revamp its search and map features. TikTok savvy users announced to be updating the features to allow people to search using images through smartphone cameras. So Google is using an AR revamp and TikTok users are getting like the first chance to play with it. That's kind of cool. One of the benefits of being an influencer, right? Other big stories of note today. And we do have some. The NASDAQ has been under duress. It's down 6.4% for the week. The Russell 2000 is down 5.5%. The S&P 500 is down 4.7%. Will we get the rebound? Will it stick? Will it hold? I unfortunately got an email from a lady yesterday who's done leap options. And she did them on four stocks in December and January. December of 2021 and January of 2022. And she did leap options because they were way cheaper and it got her exposure into some aggressive names. And it, it broke my heart yesterday because first things first, she sends me an email and she goes, Rob, um, I'm in a bit of trouble. I bought these leap options and I'm down 80 to 95%. And I had to go look up leap options because no one's used them in my world for three to five years. So I just wanted to make sure that she did what she said she did. And she bought some leap options on Apple when it was close to an all-time high. She bought some leap options, which are options, but not in one, two, or three months. They're options that expire in a year, essentially. They're more long-term. And she bought some leap options in a company called Vio, V-I-O, which is a Chinese Tesla. And she bought some, you get the idea. Her options are down 90, 85 to 95% each of them, all four of them. And I was like, who gave you this advice? So we sent back emails yesterday and she goes, um, I learned it on YouTube. And 
from a couple emails, I learned that she works at Walgreens. I learned that this is all the money in the world that she has. It sounds like it's $20,000 in savings and she's lost 19,000 plus. Now, what should she do? She should probably wait out a couple of her options and she probably just consider losing on the rest. I was like, you don't have enough money to buy more. So basically options let you buy the idea of buying you get the purchasing power for one, two, three months. And I get it on a short term. I get it if you're trying to preserve wealth and you're using it as a way of generating income. Um, she was trying to generate return, which is the wrong way of doing options. She swung to the fence and she completely missed. It's a complete and utter disaster. And there's no way I can fix it. It, it, it stinks. I'm like, who gave you this? I, and she listens to the show, but she got the wild idea to do options. I'm like, I never talk options. I'm thinking she heard something else out there. So be cautious, be careful. And definitely don't take advice from like <laughs> YouTube channels on learn how to make millions. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. It feels like we're in a bear market rally at this point in time. We just haven't hit that down 30% in the S&P 500. We haven't hit that down sinking horrible feeling. We got back to uh, March of 2020 levels, which is lovely. We're playing in that area, which is lovely because it can kind of, you could say it's backfilling. It's um, taking away some of the gains from 2021. Again, I'm not putting too much value in a short-term rally. Other than to say, I'm still invested. I'm not panicked. It's nice to see after days and days of selling. Um, I know some of you got calls on March. That's when you borrow money. It's super easy to do on Robinhood. You throw in $5,000 and suddenly you're investing $7,500. You're like, woohoo, I feel rich. Look at my account. It says $7,500. I only put in $5,000, so I'm up. And every day you feel that way, but you're not, you're accruing interest. And that's the slow grind. Stocks are rising today as indexes are trying to you know, pair their weekly losses, but it's going to be a weekly loss. And again, do you look at the battle or do you look at the war? Do you look at the week or do you look at the month or do you look at the quarter? If I could, i.e. when I retire, I'd prefer to look at my stocks a little bit less. Looking at Twitter today. Twitter's in the news. Um, Elon Musk suspending his acquisition bid. Hold it. It's put on hold. Um, I get the feeling this one's not going to go through. And not because he doesn't want it to. I, I Something just, he's not, it's, it's not going to be what he wants is, is ultimately what I'm feeling. And I think he's learning that through board members and through, Attorneys. Twitter dropped 10% this morning. Musk, who is uh, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, has announced through a tweet that the deal is on hold. Twitter deal temporarily on hold pending details supporting calculations. Spam fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of users. One of the things that Musk is saying is when he does take over Twitter, 
that he completely 100% he's going after the bots. That's great. But he knew there were a lot of bots there beforehand. I don't know. Something just smells a little bit funny on this one. Don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Apple stock has broken down ultimately, and that's bad for the overall markets because it's a a market that's weighted by how big companies are that are, are the leaders in it. Apple is overweighting the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ because it's based on their valuation. So when you see the S&P 500 fall recently, part of it was because Apple has oversold or underperformed, bringing the overall index down even further. S&P 500 is down 18% for the year. The most simplest terms, it's anxiety in my mind. People are watching the global economy struggle with China's zero COVID policy, Russia's attack on the Ukraine, and what's it's doing to commodities. And by commodities, I mean cost of food, cost of oil, cost of travel, cost of energy, cost of money. There's no doubt right now that Apple's underperformance is dragging and weighing on the S&P 500. And again, I say good. I had a long conversation because I was in a long drive yesterday talking about Apple and um, talking about the overall market. I'm okay with a sell-off. I'm really, really good with it. I have seen numerous of them in my lifetimes. This year's correction for most people felt like a bear market because we're so used to down 5%, buy on the dip, buy on the dip, buy on the dip. And this year when we went down 10%, it felt like a wild bear market and it was out of control that it was eating children. I know you're saying the bear market's eating children. Like that's how it felt. But 10% is normal. It happens every year. It just hasn't happened recent years. And it's caused people to kind of get lazy and, and comfortable. Some other stories of note that we should be tracking. Um, going broke in retirement is the thing that I really don't want anyone to ever do. And I'm not going to get snarky and go, I hope you bounce a check on your last day to your coffin maker. (laughs) I'm not that. You don't want to take all your money out of stocks when you're in retirement. That's one way you can go broke is that you start guessing and you start market timing. Even though when you're in your 20s, you socked money away in your 401k. In your 30s, you did that. In your 40s, you did that. In your 50s, you did that. And in your 60s, you did it. Then you turn 65, you're like, oh, I'm going to say everything goes on the side. I find that's where people make the most money. Every year that you're not earning income, you're basically losing spending power. So you have to have those stocks working for you. Another way that people can go bankrupt in retirement is spending, not spending, investing too much in stocks. And then you get that three-year down cycle. It happens. Again, with our recent correction, we're like, oh, do you remember March 2020? That was such a, a bad time to invest. And it lasted two weeks. It was literally like going through puberty that most boys go through and most girls go through for three to four years. We just got acne. And for two weeks, we had a pimple. And then our skin cleared up. It, it never turned into multiple pimples. It never got gross, never got disgusting, never got filthy. We had a two-week bear market. Not enough. Another way people go broke in retirement is underestimating life expectancy. 
thinking they're going to live longer than they do. Part of income and retirement, make sure that it lasts until you, you pass. Another way people go bankrupt in retirement is spending too much money. You have to have a budget. You have to factor in taxes. And you have to factor in healthcare and long-term healthcare, areas that eat away money fast. If you think you're going to live on Social Security alone, you're wrong. It's just not enough money. It might, it might replace 20%. Um, another way people go bankrupt in retirement is if you're not able to work or you're not able to get around and, and live, you get a bum knee, you get a bum leg, you get a bum foot. Um, suddenly you're hobbling and you're, you're, you're out of commission. You get sick. Sicknesses are expensive. You tap into the wrong accounts and you don't consider your tax consequences. There's a lot going on. Even the state that you retire in could affect whether or not you go bankrupt or not. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. First and foremost, let me address the markets real quick. I think we're in a bear market rally at this point in time until you get a crazy day of volatility. We just haven't had it. Now, again, there's going to be things I'm going to put together a list over the weekend on things that we have had that say, this is pretty damn close to a bottom. And they've been things like um, Robinhood falling apart. It's been things like Zoom falling apart. The companies that are losing money during earnings season saying, guess what? We're losing money. And it's more than we thought. They're getting humiliated. They're getting crushed. They're getting murder-lated. Those are good things. It'd be kind of nice if we had something totally fall apart. Um, I know that sounds horrible, but you kind of need that sacrifice. You need a company to implode. It could be a company that was going to come public that doesn't. It could be a company. You're seeing a lot of companies bust their IPO prices. Yesterday was kind of an interesting one. Beyond Meat, for instance. Great story, right? Plant-based protein. Millennials, you can see in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, a trend there that younger people don't want to eat food that has a face. Now, that's not going to hit everyone, and I know that. But let's just put it this way. I think we all know some of our neighbors' kids who are socially obnoxious. I don't eat anything with a face. I'm a pescatarian. Like, can you spell that? No. Like, okay, good for you. There's a trend there. And Beyond Meat story is good. Ideally, you're looking at it in more of a business vacuum of a healthy economy and not a healthy economy, pandemic, pandemic-fueled recovery, then inflation based on a lot of the goods that go into said meat. And then the restaurant relationships and the labor and the cost of labor. It's a little bit messy. So there's a couple more things that we need to see. We're starting to get some of the inflation numbers coming down. And inflation's one of the two biggest boogeymans of the year. Another one would be Putin. If and this sounds just tight. If Putin were to magically go away this weekend, we'd have a big stock market rally next week. A lot of pressure would be off. But the next thing is we need to see more of that consumer prices and um, 
you know, business costs, whether it be the cost of labor or the cost of manufacturing, we need to see some of those costs come down. Oil under a hundred. I'll put together a good list for you. Okay. I got an email and this one is I've been in a current relationship for almost three years. I'm a young woman, have a great career, make about a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, I'm ambitious. My prospects should be adding income of about $10,000 a year. I've got about $150,000 in savings, no debt. I've been very clean. Um, she's in a relationship with another woman. And the other woman makes $50,000 a year. And she's got no savings and she's got student loan debts. She lives paycheck to paycheck. So one is a high earner and one is a relatively low or average earner, which is kind of interesting because I can already see a tone where I make a hundred, she makes 50. So I'm already seeing that 50, 50, you know, kind of like, let's, let's chop things up into pieces. And this is mine. This is yours. And there's clearly a um, lesbian relationship going on there. Um. There's something with control and power happening in this email. The couple are going to get married and they're going to do a prenup. Um, But she realizes that prenups don't always hold up. Um, Everyone's on edge at this point in time because there's a high earner and a low earner. There's a home that's being bought that is in the high earner's name and the low earner doesn't know what to do. And to me, this is one of those marriage slash commingling of assets. Like maybe you need to slow down (laughs) and start talking before you even talk prenup, just figure out when you're like, yeah, she has college debt and debt and lives paycheck to paycheck and you don't, y'all are very different people. That's egregiously different. And depending on what state you're in, and I always assume California, um, neither salary is considered like going to cover all the bills. But if like if you're in Florida, $100,000 salary covers all the bills easily. And 50000 is pretty damn good. So it's not like the lower income, $50,000 income isn't bad. For most careers in the United States, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty average, but there seems to be a lot of, we need to sit down and figure this stuff out and whether or not you really should be together or not. I do believe that financial compatibility is important. Um, I can tell you some of the stresses in my life um, has been with partners who don't get my hard work. Um, And she'll be saying, oh, you're just frugal. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I literally am like, that's not what I am. It'd be nice if couples were to figure that out before they get into a world of trouble. I heard the most interesting theory yesterday of what Disney should buy. And I kind of strangely like it. Netflix. Spin off Hulu because that's never going to fly with regulators. Get billions and billions and billions of dollars for Hulu. Probably at least 18 billion. And then put that towards buying Netflix and you would be dominant Disney. Um, 
historically, Disney has not been someone who goes after an aggregation play. They've got content that they feel pretty good with. But they would get subscribers in this case. And the subscriber numbers can be played with to send these people to family content, send these people to adult content, send these people to the R-rated stuff, send these people to sports. Hulu has a situation where if you're paying for Hulu right now, in a couple of years from now, you're going to turn it on. You're going to be like, wait, wait, it's way different. NBC has already said that in a couple of years from now, they're going to pull their content off Hulu and put it on Peacock or Peacock exclusive. Now, again, there's a pretty good deal for keeping it on Hulu, but there's also a pretty good deal for making your own exclusive content if that's what gets you subscribers. So Disney has a lot of cash and they would benefit from Netflix, in my opinion. So would Apple, so would Google. Not that Netflix is up for sale, but you've already seen what can happen when an activist investor gets involved, like an Elon Musk and Twitter. The other theory is maybe that Netflix should buy Roblox, no, not Netflix, Disney. And this one makes a lot of sense too. A couple of years ago, Microsoft bought Minecraft and I go, I don't quite get it. And it took me a little bit. And then I had kids and my kids started playing Minecraft. And to this day, they still play Minecraft. They've played it for 10 plus years and it's kind of relaxing. It's, um, if ESPN Sports Center is what puts many men to sleep for the Tonight Show, Roblox is something that calms kids. Um, not Roblox, Minecraft. And Roblox is kind of like a Minecraft. It's a platform for younger children. In my opinion, it, it can be scaled to older kids. Um, Roblox lets developers develop on the platform and, and they make it incredibly easy for developers to make money, but they get a cut of the action Roblox does. So Disney can get big into gaming by acquiring Roblox. Stock is decimated. It's That's the beauty of the current stock market condition. And we haven't seen enough mergers and acquisitions. But when you see Netflix 60% off from its all-time high, you know that some companies looked at it two years ago and said, man, I wish I was that company. And now you can get it way cheaper. Same thing with Roblox. Roblox, I kind of... I think you could, I, I, there's a good possibility they could be acquired. There's also a good possibility they could make a lot of money on their own, which is ultimately kind of what you're looking at, in my opinion. Um, mega cop stocks are trading higher today. There's a little bit of accumulation going on. I think that probably makes sense to you. Um, the SP 500 is finding some support after it's starting to play with the areas of a bear market where it touches tips puts its little pinky just a little pinky in the cold water of down 20 percent, and then it's recovering foreign markets have had a good showing today shanghai could be close to opening up more fully again beijing has denied that it will implement lockdown restrictions like those seen in shanghai there's a lot of short covering activity right now in beaten down names we could get a short-term rally but have we had that crushing proof that inflation's dead? No. Have we had that crushing proof that stocks are dead? No. So I, there's still some questions, right? You're never going to call it perfectly. Are we closer to a bottom than we, than we have been in a long time? Yeah. 
but be careful of the bear market rallies. Um, I would look at your portfolio today and figure out what you really, really want to own for the next five to 10 years. Start there. Don't do anything, but start with what you really, really want to own. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. So I'm not going to get distraught by saying this, but try not to make your life more difficult. One of the reasons I like the super simple app called Acorns is you can set it up to, and there is a fee. I should throw that down on occasion. If you're going to have an account, it's going to be $3 a month, $36 a year. It's not free, but everything else about it is, which is lovely. The costs are very, very low inside the funds that they choose. You're paying you know, Vanguard type funds of pennies on the hundreds of dollars, pennies on the dollar invested. One of the things you do need to watch when you invest is your fees. And one of the things you need to be careful about is if it's free, is it good or bad? On one hand, it looks like, hey, this is great. But on the other hand, if you don't get good service, good paperwork, good execution, it's really not worth having. Acorns is lovely because it sets you up to take money out of your account and fund it into a savings vehicle. It's something I did when I was 18 years old. I decided kind of like right when I finished high school, I don't want to work till the day I die. So I called a mutual fund company, which back then you had to um, look up the phone number, look for an advertisement in a magazine, right? There was some Robertson Stevens information age funds that I thought were fantastic because the information age in the 1990s, when I started investing represented, I'm smarter than my dad. The internet's kind of a big thing. Yeah, dad, go stand on the, in the foyer and, and stand next to a wired phone and talk to your friends where we're going beepers or we're going wireless technology faster than you can. Um, so the information age was my systematic way of savings. And what I did was I invested in good times and bad times. In my twenties, what I, I was pursuing was like, I need to find a career and I need to find a wife. I, and I didn't, my body was just saying like wife, career, wife, career. So I started automatically taking $166 a month out and putting it into a mutual fund. And that comes out to $2,000 a year. So I put it into what's called an IRA individual retirement account because I've already paid taxes on it. It lowered my taxable income that I had to pay the IRS that year. That's a regular retirement account. Now then there's, you know, Roths, which you pay the taxes on it goes tax deferred. It comes out later in life tax free. Regular accounts, you tend to pay the, uh, you know, taxes now. Uh, you could, you know, defer the capital gains on some levels by creating wealth and not selling and creating a trigger event. But setting up that that automatic for me in a mutual fund was the best thing I ever did. It taught me to invest in good times and bad times and to go out and live my life. Um, Acorns is good. It's not going to get you to retirement, but it's good. Um, in the two, two plus years that I've been doing it, I've got over $45,000 in roundups because of stock market performance and just daily swipes. Today, I go, I'll go for lunch. Maybe I'll get a chicken sandwich and then... Um, Next thing you know, magically, I have um, $5 invest, and then suddenly it's like $7, and then those swipes start adding up. It's just that getting into the game, the, the consistency, the regularity of it. 
there's something to be said for that is more important than being smart. I'm not saying that being smart is not a part of it, but I've invested every two weeks essentially of my life since I was 18 years old. Just automatically having it come out of bank accounts and or automatically having it come out of checking uh, my, uh, my income, my check, paycheck. A lot of my wealth has been created that way. Now on the side, I've been pretty good about picking stocks. I have my share, fair share of losers. I got an email yesterday from a woman who did way too much work with leap options as her first foray into investing. Your first foray into investing should be acorns. It should be a 401k. It should be a SP 500 fund. Your first foray shouldn't be, you know, rocket science. She went straight to the rocket science and I'm like, you know, if that blows up, you're going to lose all your money. And it blew up on her. And it was one of those emails that I had to send back. I'm like, there's a really good chance you're going to lose 90 to 95% of your investment because you essentially, you know, when you sit down and you play blackjack, she bought the insurance. Before even seeing what the cards were dealt by the dealer, she bought the insurance. And it's not like she had a, a, a winning hand that you insure in case dealer has blackjack and you've got two, two queens. You're like, I got a 20, but he could have blackjack. I should insure this. I get it. But you don't buy insurance and investing. You buy time. You get your money involved. You do it on a regular basis. You go out and live your life. And what she decided was, I'm going to take my whole life savings, which was 20000 which I think we all can say, Rob's going to say, that's not a lot of money. It's tragic, though, because 20 would have become 40 in seven years. 40 would have become 80 in 14 years. 80 would have become 160 in 21 years. In the email, she's admitted that she was 50 and this is her life savings. And I'm like, that's not good. It's not only she wiped most of it out by buying insurance. And I can't go back in time and not do that for her. Because she bought at a high thinking it was going to go higher. I get, and it's the opposite of what you want to do. At the high, but you don't even want to buy insurance. I can't even say it's the opposite. Buying insurance is a fee. It's a commission. You don't want to insure your investments. It's a little tragic when I see emails like that. It's a little bit sobering. So do yourself a favor. Don't try to get rich quickly. Remember how Rob Black started 18 years old. I started putting in money, $166 a month. Every month, it was $2,000 a year. After five years, it's $10,000. 10000 will become 20000 20 will become 40000 40000 will become eighty. Eighty will become 160000 But you got to start with that one sixty six. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.